This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. Of course, it is the day that we talk about what you want to talk about. And there is, as always, a lot to talk about. Uh, what about that power outage yesterday? You know, we were on the phone with uh, Brad Bradford, one of the people in our tune into the town panel when it suddenly went dead. And then while we're still on the air, we learned that it was because of a power outage. At first, we thought it was City Hall. And then we learned it was most of the downtown. It lasted uh, until the evening. It affected tens of thousands of people. And the city says it's investigating. It looks like a barge belonging to a subcontractor hit a power line. Well, number one, Looks like we don't have enough backup. And number two, are they on the hook for it? This costed business and and whatever else was going on millions of dollars. The Eden Center had to close. So who is on the hook for it? Or do we just assume that as always, it is us? We, the taxpayers, are going to be on the hook for it because no one else takes responsibility. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. We had Doug Ford again promising, don't worry, uh, single payer health care is safe. You'll be able to use your health card. Meanwhile, we talk to stakeholders and they say more privatization is bad because uh, even if the government contracts with another body to provide the service, they take out too much profit. Now, I wish that some of the ideology would come out of this because what I would say is that, yes, there are some private third-party contractors, suppliers to the healthcare system that do not do a good job and that take too much profit out, but some are very good. Uh, and in terms of the public funded part of it, well, a lot of it is fabulous and a lot of it is not. So I think we have to look at this uh, without the lens of ideology. But uh, we have a health minister now who's not acknowledging that we're in a crisis. What do you think? Do you think we're in a crisis? And if you have experience with that crisis, I'd really like to know about it. And uh, we also had a little bit of a confrontation with those mammals, middle-aged men in Lycra in High Park who don't want to be ticketed. Uh, when we get into this, I will uh, read an interesting editorial type thing from the transportation reporter in the Star saying they should stop whining and, and maybe obey some rules so they don't mow down pedestrians. But it's up to you and what you want to talk about, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And let's begin with David in Toronto. Hi, David. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, just with the and uh, the nurses, at least in Ontario, and probably the same across all the provinces, those that are leaving the sector, um, maybe because of wages, why don't the nurses go back to the provinces and or the federal government and say, listen, if you can't pay us more money, then don't take off any taxes on our paychecks? Uh-huh. What else? That, so that is, in essence, giving them money without them you know, giving the money. Well, I, I don't think it's that simple. Tax gets taken off. And some last week we had a nurse complaining that that tax was taken off the bonus that they got partially. 
So what I'm saying is don't tax them at all until you get all of your nurses uh, replenished back to a certain percentage above before the pandemic. Hmm. Okay. Uh, thanks for your call, thinking, David. That's thinking, thinking outside of the box, you know. Okay. You know, with all the administration involved, uh, I, I suspect that that is uh, more complicated than any other solution, like just giving them more money or just even telling them uh, Bill 124 is gone. Uh, I keep saying this. I do not understand why the province doesn't just do that. It sends a message. We hear you. We love you. And uh, it costs them nothing because in this environment, there's no way they're going to settle for 1%. So why not do that? And then they can't talk about it anymore. But hey, that would make too much sense. Okay, let's go to Brian in Brampton. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? You look great, girl. I know you Thanks. do. Um, you know what? I... Uh... I agree with that guy with the taxes, but I also think that years ago, my dad said all the things and went to with the teachers. Like, you could red circle the nurses. Say, nurses in Toronto should make a lot more money. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's more expensive to live there. The nurses, that they say in Cobalt or Sudbury or other outlying areas don't need as much money. So they could be paid according to the cost of living in the town or, or the county that they live in. Oh, I could just hear the howls about that. I think that would be a great way to settle them up so they can say a nurse in suburbs doesn't need as much as, as Brampton or Toronto to live on to gas and everything else, right? I mean, they should red circle the rates. Like, where, where if they want to go work in a smaller town, a smaller, smaller uh, emergency rooms and blah, 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 right? Okay. I think they should look, look, look towards those things. We did it with the teachers right back years ago when I was in grade 13. We, 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 we struck in winter. The teachers went on strike, so all of us suffered. We went half a day. Instead of rest and tail go on strike. Maybe the nurses should apply the same thing to their striking as well. Okay. Where we need them, go. Where we don't need them as much, comprehending. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Let's go to Jim in Richmond Hill. Hello, Jim. Hi. I was in the hospital um, about a week ago, and uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't find any of the uh, nurses... Uh, upset, um, overworked, they, they had smiles on their faces and what have you. Where, I, ha where I, um, I take exception with all this is the fact that uh, nurses are being paid very well. I have family members that are nurses. I don't see them overworked. I don't see them complaining. And uh, somebody that's making the kind of money that they are, and especially with overtime, I question whether they, that is the reason why they're leaving the um the hospitals. Uh, nobody in their right mind making that kind of money would leave the hospital job for what? For something inferior? I doubt it. So this hype about um, overpaying, paying nurses more money, all this and that, it really bothers me because uh, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people there in the private sector that make a fraction of that. And I don't hear them bitching. And all I hear, and it's not the nurses that are complaining, by the way, it's the media. But they're hyping it up. And, uh, the, you, uh, a lot of nurses are complaining. Uh, there is, I would say, an issue of respect. I think part of it was that at the height of the pandemic, and I don't know if it still stands, uh, the province was paying doctors. Uh, I, I forget the number. It was like $500 a shift or it was a huge amount of money to take those shifts, to take nursing shifts while the nurses have this pay cap. So I can see why that annoys them. I think there are all kinds of reasons that nurses are leaving. But the fact is you can't supply care without nurses. And, and one of them, Bob just mentioned, that a huge number of nurses are eligible for retirement. And one of the things that we don't consider with all of this. I mean, they're working with all this PPE. I, I, I don't think I'd be able to work with, with an N95 mask on all day. No way. Uh, well, so they're working under difficult conditions. It's a very physically demanding job. Well, let me, let me put it to you this way. Uh, many, many years ago, I worked as a tax man. I had threats every day. I used to come home sweating because of the threats. I quit the job because of the threat seven years later. But I'm going to tell you something. I got up in the morning. I did the job. 
I didn't go to my employer to complain because some guy was going to shoot me or, or do whatever they were going to uh, bodily harm to me. I did it faithfully because that was the job. Nursing is the same thing. Just because all of a sudden we get this epidemic that all of a sudden, uh, all this, this stuff, we got to pay them more money. We got to do this. Uh, they get a lot of money. They, with overtime, they make a ton of money. They're the ones with the big fancy houses. Come on, give me a break. Stop it. Thank you. Uh, okay. Boy, people, do you agree with Jim? A tirade against nurses. And he says he has some family members that are nurses. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, is he making a good point or uh, is he being mean to people who've been working really, really hard during the pandemic? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-740. Forty, and let's go to Brad in Toronto. Brad, you want to talk about uh, seniors? Yeah, uh, the city of Toronto is uh, has a public engagement review going on to see how well the government is dealing with its citizens. Unfortunately, it's blocking out a lot of voices of seniors because if you're not online, you don't have a voice for this review. If you're not part of a special interest group, you don't have a voice for this review, and. I've raised this concerns, basically saying it's like, okay, I, I mean, I'm not you know, stereotyping seniors. A number of people are, you know, seniors are online, very active and all that stuff. But the reality is you've already put that roadblock up there. You know, for if you're going to do a survey, oh, mail it out to every, every Torontonian and have them fill it out. No, that's not what they're doing. Advertising on social media, going online surveys. You want to do feedback? Send us an email. So I should say, you're really not getting feedback from a large demographic of the population. You know, and and especially when this is impacting how managers deal with the public, you know, the city managers on stuff and you sit back going, if you're silencing that voice or ignoring that voice through you know, by, by basically putting a prerequisite of you've got to do online technology and all that sort of stuff, then are you really getting a, a real sense of, of how you're dealing with people, especially when you're blocking, putting a roadblock up to a lot of people um, getting access to, to the review. And, that, and that's a big concern, because essentially okay. in, the, in the setup, you know, you're, you're silencing them. Okay. Thanks for that. Hope someone's listening. Uh, let us go to Susie in St. Catharines. Susie, you're a nurse, right? Yes. Go ahead. Um, I think just unfortunately the nursing shortage is the older, more experienced ones are, are retiring, which they're entitled to. Um, however, the inexperienced ones unfortunately are not gaining much knowledge or experience because the work is piled up onto them so much. And some days there's just not enough nurses to care for the patients. Yeah, I mean, there there are people who have told me that, um, you know, the the retirement issue has been coming down the pike for years and nothing was done about it in enough time. And as I've said, in terms of, of nursing and, you know, last week we had a fabulous call from a nurse who's over 65 and working double shifts and God bless her and thank you. But yeah. on top of everything else... Nursing is physically demanding. So I can see why people, you know, may want to retire at retirement age. Totally, for sure. And I think, unfortunately, now, like, like everybody is going to get sick and, and we need the health care, but the staff is not there. And I think for the public, they maybe don't realize that. Um, yeah, and um, I, rem- I was I was in the hospital for a bit last year, and there were a couple of of brand new nurses, but they were kind of teamed up. They would be teamed up with somebody more experienced. Um, yes, and you can believe me as a patient, you can really tell the difference between getting care from a, a, an experienced nurse and somebody who's a couple of weeks out of school. Well, definitely, and like this is all like specialty units that people are are going in, whether it be the emergency room or obstetrics, you you obviously kind of want someone to know uh, what they're doing, right, to help you out. 
Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, I guess, uh, you know, to use that word, it's the perfect storm. We've had a lot of pressures from the pandemic, but it also something that was coming down the pike and, and, um, the pandemic has accelerated, <clears throat> excuse me, some retirements because it, it was so hard to work during the pandemic. I, I even know doctors, right? Who are saying, you know, I might leave a bit early. It's just, uh, it's, it's not even their actual work, but it's everything layered on top of it. That is quite difficult. Anyway, uh, thanks very much for your call, okay, Susie. I was going to say quickly, I, I think unfortunately due to COVID too, it's kind of scared a lot of people off thinking, I don't, I don't want to get involved in healthcare and, and be putting my life out there like that. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, you know. We've got to, uh, so, so before we go, give a, give me a 10 second pitch. Why, why people should become nurses. Um, I love helping people and I, I, people are always going to get sick. People are always going to need help and need someone to care for them. And until you have like a family member in that situation, you, you see the need for where the care is. Okay. Susie, thank you for that. Thanks. Okay. Uh, love to hear from nurses with their perspective on this. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, let me give you the numbers before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we will be right back with more of your Free For All Friday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free for all Friday and people be a little patient. I will get to your calls. And, you know, I was going to, after the break, take a couple of calls on the cycling and ticketing issue. And, uh, those callers, uh, decided they couldn't wait any longer. And I'm wondering also looking at the boards, is it, is it because those callers were guys? Are men less patient than women? And I do want to get to that topic. So uh, guys, please call back on that. Uh, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, in the meantime, there are people who want to talk about nurses. And that, of course, is a very important topic. Let's begin with Rhonda in, in Kitchener. Hi, Rhonda. Hello, Libby. Good afternoon. Go ahead. I, yeah, I agree to a certain point what that gentleman said. Money's not the answer. And you asked that young lady that was a nurse. Well, I was, wasn't a nurse, but I worked under a nurse in a senior's home. You have to have the heart of a nurse, the patience of a nurse, the gift of a nurse. It takes a very special person to be one. And you know that before you go in this job. There's going to be crisis. That's part of this job. And this, our healthcare was going down long before COVID. With the nursing attitude, the doctor's attitude included, money is not the answer. So you were a PSW. Answer. It's the attitude and and the organization and how the government got it to let it go to this far to to where we're we're in jeopardy, the public. Uh, You were sad. You you were is what I mean. You were a PSW. Yes, I was, ma'am. And and uh, why did you leave? Well, I, uh, not because I was tired, because I'm one that's, I'm extra sensitive. And Libby, I would get involved with my patients, uh, emotionally. And you gotta be able to separate your emotions from it, and that's kinda hard. Um, and I seen a lot of stuff going on then, when I did it in the 70s, that I was not happy with. Nurses that were impatient, there's elderly people that were abused. Uh, they weren't taking the time that they should have with them. Go to the bathroom, hurry up. I mean, you know you're going to be old someday, and you don't want somebody on the other end pushing you and being aggressive and being miserable. And this is what I saw, Libby, as early as the 70s. Mm. 
Okay. And as we know it, it escalated, which is sad. You shouldn't have to be in that position when you're old. Because I'm getting there, Libby, and it's scary. I don't want anybody at the other end like that. You know, I want them to be kind and patient. That's the most important thing. I know money is important. It's important to everybody. But we know what's part of this job, and so do the doctor. And it just seemed they lost sight of it, what it really is to be a nurse or a doctor. The position you're in is very powerful and very, very, I mean, how you feel is up to your doctor, and your attitude is up to your doctor to an extent. If he's kind, if he's patient, you know. Okay. It, it has an effect on everyone. Put it that way is what I'm saying, Libby. Okay, Rhonda. has an effect on everyone. Thank you. Let's go to Elsa in Etobicoke. Hi, Elsa. Hi. Go ahead. Hello? You're on the air. Yep. Yes, I'd just like to comment about the fact that uh, everybody is saying that they're going to be retiring. This is not just uh, in the uh, nursing sectors that people are at the age of retirement. All throughout the government, in every single department, there are a lot of people, A, that were close to retirement just before the pandemic hit and decided to retire, or they're going to be retiring very soon. So you're going to have a shortage of experienced people in every single department. That's why this airport situation is going on and the passport office is shorthanded and they're, they can't get the passport uh, people to get them out fast enough. And everything you have to do to a point, if you're a good worker, you're going to do it properly. And this takes time. You can't just snap your fingers. And that's the same as the lady that just before me where she said that people are telling them to hurry up, go to the bathroom and all of this. They were shorthanded way back then already. And whoever it was to cut back on the nurses, that I believe it was one of the forts, they're the ones who are responsible for the shortage of nurses here during this pandemic to start with. Okay, Elsa, thanks for that. Uh, She makes some very interesting points, and I saw some statistics on a record number of retirements, and that is a demographic thing, though it seems I have to check into it a bit of a a reversal uh, because... um, uh, a bit of a reversal because uh, uh, we had seen people extending the time that they were working beyond the traditional 65, which I think is ridiculous, uh, uh, beforehand. So that's happening. And the fact is, we knew that this would be happening. We've uh, here at Zoomer Media, we've been talking about it for years, but you know, Things don't get dealt with often until they are a crisis. So uh, that is where we're at. And the other thing where this uh, caller was talking about, uh, you know, people in government departments. So, yes, that's true. But I also think that a lot of people who were collecting full salaries and working from home were perhaps not working that much. And that's why things did not get done. And some of the issue might be technology, because maybe the technology, I mean, I know even here, there are some things and some people who could work from home and others who could not. The difference was those of us who could not deliver a good product working from home, we came in. But that didn't happen at the government, did it? So there you go. That's where we're at. All right. Enough of me talking. Let us talk to you. But before we do, let me give the numbers out again. And another shout out to the people who were going to talk about the cyclists. I really want to get to that. So call back 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And let us hear from Gary in Etobicoke. Hi, Gary. Good afternoon. Um, just my take on this is just going to be very brief. Is the, the nurses definitely deserve the raise? And if you look at everything, I mean, go driving and look at the roads today, just packed. Look at the condos in the city that are growing. One condo that's built, I would say there's five to six thousand people in them. So the population is getting bigger. 
So there's more demand for health care and more demand for policing. Our, our frontline workers are essential workers. We lose them, we're in trouble. So what is your solution then? My solution is give them what they need, make it enticing, you know, that it's, and you know why a lot of people don't understand too, you know, nursing is not an easy thing. I'll give you a prime example. In the last two days, I picked up a senior that had a fall. I lifted him up and put him back on his walker. I almost pulled my back out. Then the next day, a gentleman, I was sitting on a patio. He fell and he was with his son. And same thing. And we both picked him up. I mean, it's not an easy job. and It's it's skilled. It's something that, like the other caller said, you have to be trained at it. You have to have the passion for it, too. Well, and it's also, frankly, if somebody falls, it's dangerous to pick them up if you don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. And and if you don't do it right, you can pull your back out very easy. Well, it's dangerous for them. Just go into the emergency wards and just see what they're dealing with. Anything that comes through that door, they have to deal with, whether it's a heart attack, mental crisis, or any physical, elderly, whatever. They have to deal with it. And you have to be a, a compassionate person to deal with people. You just can't go into a career like that and saying, yeah, the money looks good, I'm going to do it. So it's not an easy fix. But the government should get off their asses and wake up and start, uh, you know, looking at this before it gets into a crisis. In fact, it's probably a crisis now. It's slowly coming to that. So, Okay. Anyway, ha- have a good day. You too. Thanks for your call. So, uh, Gary says it's a crisis. What do you think? Is it a crisis? And uh, is giving them a raise, giving them what they need, going to solve it? The number's to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, one 740 and and I'm still talking. I still want to talk about cyclists. So again, those guys who were too impatient to wait for me to pick up those calls, give us a call back so we can talk about it. But in the meantime, everybody wants to talk about nurses and the crisis in emergency medicine here. And I say it is a crisis. Let's go to Ted in Brampton. Hi, Ted. Yeah, hi. Um, my friend, my best friend, uh, was married to a surgical nurse uh, about 35 years ago. And she would only work part-time because she was making too much money. If she worked full-time hours, most of the money just went in taxes. So she had no interest in working full-time. Okay, well, that's that's a very subjective uh, discussion when people no, say most just, of the money, most of the money... Well, it it depends on how you do your finances. I mean, that uh, that's a subjective yeah, if thing. Paid, if you're paid a hundred thousand dollars a year, you lose a lot of money in taxes, and that's the average salary for a nurse in Ontario, hundred thousand dollars. Right, but to say that you lose mo, you do not lose most of your money in taxes, and it's it's incre- it's incremental, and that's a subjective decision that somebody but, makes. But it's the five thousand dollar retention bonus didn't even interest them. It, it, it's nothing. Well, it's after uh, it's it it's taxed, and uh, some of them are interested, and uh, others uh, they haven't even gotten it all. They're getting it piecemeal. Uh, yeah, well, Anyway, Ted, thanks for your call. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And again, I stand by that. That is a subjective decision if you decide that you are, quote, making too much money. Because, uh, I don't know, I've always uh, found it worth it to work more and make a little bit of money but I like my work. So (laughs) there you go. Um, It is a subjective decision and we do get taxed a lot here, but uh, you can't say that most of your money goes in taxes. That's, that's absolutely not right. Jeanette in Kitchener. Hi, Jeanette. Hi there. Go ahead. I just have a, a couple comments. First of all, the tsunami of the seniors is already here. And they do need to do something with both uh, the hospital situation, home care, 
and long-term care. And I really hope that CARP and others continue to focus on that. One of the suggestions that I have, absolutely uh, repeal Bill 124. Nurses are usually university educated. Why are they not paid at the same level as teachers? The other thing is, I think the media, yourself included, can do a lot as far, um, to teach people how to use the healthcare system properly. If you go to Emerge and you see it uh, filled with people um, with, you know, cut ankles, lacerations, and, uh, minor infections, you know, we should be using more telehealth urgent care clinics, walk-in clinics, and family doctors. Okay, let me, I'm going to stop you right there. There are a lot of people who can't get in to see a family doctor if they have a family doctor. There are a lot of family doctors who still won't see people in person. And if you have something like a laceration, then telehealth isn't going to help you. You need somebody to deal with it. Home care. Okay, uh, I had an experience. I had an experience with home care. This is a year ago. And uh, I had a problem with a device that was in my body. And when I called the government healthcare person, uh, it, it's something that ultimately uh, the, a home care person could fix in 10 minutes. She told me to go to Emerge, to sit and Emerge all night. Because it's not a huge thing. It's just something that I couldn't fix inside my own body. So uh, there are reasons that people are going to emerge. And it is that all those other areas that everybody says they should be, that they should be using are not available to them. I worked within the home care um, sector for almost 30 years. And it doesn't, if you got, um, a bad decision by someone on your end of the phone to go to Emerge to get it fixed, that is part of the problem because there are nurses that work 24 hours a day uh, in the home care sector, and there's, um, there is no reason for you to have to go to Emerge. And, it's, I mean, it's systemic. If you don't teach the whole system how to use itself properly, then you keep pushing off to Emerge, and it's, it's wrong. Well, exactly, exactly. But, you know, there there are, and I say this, there are doctors who are still not seeing patients in person who should be seeing patients in person. And I'm a big fan of of virtual medicine, but it's not good for everything. Uh, there yes, are everything. people in home care that will uh, send somebody to emerge before they send uh, somebody to do a 15-minute job because it's not been scheduled however many days in advance, and there's problems like this all throughout the system. I agree 100%, and I'm not sure what what it will take, but I think initially start getting people to use the system properly is at least a start. And then the government said they're going to improve and put money into home care. Good, that's where I want to be. I don't want to go into long-term care. But one last comment, uh, Libby. I worked within the home care sector, and it drove me crazy that my tax dollar went to support uh, folks in uh, retirement homes, which were high-end. People paid up to $10,000 a month for care, but my tax dollar subsidized the care that people received. I don't... You know what? You're right. You are absolutely right that uh, that that's the case. And people are paying a fortune. And retirement homes are not nursing homes. They have different rules. Um, yeah, and and uh, I I can see your frustration with that. And that is just one of the very very many things that don't make a lot of sense. They don't take the money away from the retirement homes, give it exclusively to home care, and and make sure that the private sector is not running home care. So thanks so much for listening. Okay. Bye-bye. Already. Bye. Okay. Uh, it is time for another break. Before we go to break, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Uh, people be a little patient. I'm going to take your calls right when we get back from the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
Fight back with Libby Zneimer. A free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And I am about to take a first-time caller who has a special perspective on the nursing situation, a semi-retired physician. There's the bell. Yvonne in Toronto. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm semi-retired, been practiced for 45 years, and uh, a downtown physician, and um, I've always had the greatest respect for nursing. Um, I have a couple of comments to make. I think uh, the experts have been predicting the graying of the medical profession and the nursing profession for years, and that's what we're seeing partially now, and it's probably been accelerated by the COVID-19 problem. One of the recommendations I thought might be good is um, that we fund young people to go into nursing and fund them generously. Make it attractive to them financially, first of all. And second of all, I think they should actually set up a program for nurses that have left the profession to mentor the younger nurses. Because when you go through nursing or medicine for that matter, when you graduate, you really don't know that much. You know the academics, but you need the experience. As a physician, I peaked 10 years after graduation in my ability to handle patients and their problems. I must say, the nurses should probably find the same issue in their profession. So if you had a mentor who dedicated his or herself, him or herself, uh, to mentoring the younger nurses on a regular basis and being paid for it. And being paid for it, you cannot replace experience. You just can't. You need someone to help them get the experience and faster. And those are the two recommendations I'd like to make. Those are, those are very interesting thoughts, Yvonne. Um, well, it's just my experience after all these years. Yeah. What are you? And they uh, work very hard. Those nurses, my goodness, they work hard. They've always worked hard. Uh, absolutely. Are you a family doctor? Yes. Okay. But well, uh, don't rush to retire. Retired, Libby. Now, but now I've got a lot of experience with these things. And I thought I should mention those two points. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I was going to say, don't rush to retire completely. <laughs> I'm pretty old, you know. <laughs> okay, so my doctor is well over 80. Oh. And uh, it's just fine with me. And, and he's in a practice. So if I have to go in and he's not there, I'll see someone else. Yes. But But he is perfectly good and he knows me and I'm not that's in a rush most, to find so, somebody younger. Libby, I cannot begin to tell you how important that is. If you have a doctor is good, stick with them because knowing you as a patient is the single most important thing. E- exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yvonne, thanks very much for your call. My pleasure. Bye-bye. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, and she is absolutely right. And this has been coming down the pike for years, it's a demographic thing. People retiring, possibly accelerated by the pandemic. And uh, now we're sitting with this great big, huge problem. Okay, but that's a good idea, mentoring young nurses, because the ones who are still working, the experienced nurses, they run off their feet. They don't really have time to do it. Okay, Colleen in Hamilton. Hi, Colleen. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? Good, good. I was just going to comment. Um, I think this problem has been been around for at least 30 years. My sister graduated from the University of British Columbia with her degree in nursing, and Bob Ray and everyone else laid, laid all the nurses off. She got in a jalopy car with two children, went down to Texas. They hired her on the spot. They gave her a green card. They set her up in an apartment, everything, and she hasn't looked back. When I mention Trump, all she says, reference to, America has been good to me. America has been good to me. She has her own beautiful home. 
Her daughter's just going for her Ph.D. Lana has been a single parent for 40 years, and she made the right decision because Canada did not offer her any decisions. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that story. Glad your sister is happy and doing well. Yeah, she's been there 32 years. She's going to retire in eight, eight weeks, and she's happy. She's happy that she went, and she's happy that she's retiring. Okay, thanks for your call. thank you. Bye-bye, my dear. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to take a call from a nurse who is about to retire, I think, Carol in Oakville. Hi, Carol. Hi there. No, I am retired, um, and then I found retirement boring, so I went up to the Arctic and worked for uh, in Iqaluit and in Yellowknife. But my comment was, that gentleman who phoned in and said that nurses make $100,000, it's poppycock. When I retired... Uh, and I, I had 50 years of nursing experience. When I retired, I was making $45 an hour. $45 an hour. So I don't know where he gets his $100,000 um, uh, number from. And also, I thought he was really disrespectful. I bet he's vomited on, hit, spat on, feces all over you. You know, how dare he say something like that? I feel very passionately that this problem is because nurses have been undervalued for years and years and years. And I have two great nieces, both of whom are nurses. They went to university for four years. That that doctor that was just on, she had a very good idea to make nursing more attractive to young people. Cover their cover their fees. Cover their their, their um, uh, university fees. They do that up in the Arctic. Um, if you if you uh, agree to stay on for, um, uh, I think it's two years. It may be more than that. I, I'm not sure. But if you if you agree to do that, they will cover the whole of your tuition. We need to do something. I'm 71 now. Um, I trained in one of the best and oldest teaching hospitals in the world in London, England. I've worked in Holland and here as well. And I can tell you that nurses are just so badly undervalued in this country. Um, And we're equated with floor cleaners who do a very good job. But I have a set of skills that, that, you know, nobody who hasn't been through my education, my experience, nobody will ever have those skills unless they are trained properly and they have the incentives to carry on nursing. And unfortunately, I think a lot of kids who go through school right now, they get to the four-year point and they say, uh-uh, this is not for me. Or they go south, they go south to the States, where the States is offering, you know, six months of free rent, a help with a car purchase, uh, covering any tuition costs for any courses that they may require. You know, this, this, is the way, this is the way we need to retain nurses. I have a very dear friend who was nursing in California for years. And uh, when she retired, she was making $112,000 a year. U.S. U.S. I was going to say U.S. US. Carol, thank you very much for your call. And I'm glad you called out that other caller. And I agree. He was disrespectful to nurses. Um, uh, so thank you for that. And uh, thanks. For th- those are all good ideas. And I've seen tiny little bits of them, but not much. And I think we're going to have to get with the program and do with those things that our callers today are suggesting. Carol, thanks for your call. Thank you for, for letting me rant on. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. We're going to talk to another nurse, Margaret in Hamilton. Hello, Margaret. Hi. I am a registered practical nurse. I've been nursing for 20 years now, and I love my job. Love it. But I do not make $100,000 a year. I make half the amount of money of an RN. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing the same job. I'm cleaning up poop. I'm getting vomited on. I'm going and putting bodies into body bags. I come into work and it's one nurse for 30 patients because they can't get anybody to work. And not only that, I'm the nurse on the floor handing out the meds, but the lab is short, housekeeping short, so I'm also doing housekeeping and doing the lab's work 
all for half the money of the RN. Uh, you know, Doris Greenspoon, who is with the Registered Nurses Association, was talking about uh, providing an easy path so that someone like yourself, an RPN, could upgrade your education, become an RN. Is that something that's attractive to you? Not really. I'm 52 now, and I'm not. Into, if I go back to school, it's going to take me four years, five years to finish that. And then I only had 10 years left of working. Hmm. So, but I'm working my butt off. I Absolutely. Like, like, and but I love my job. I love working with the public. I love my patients. And I try, it's so disheartening that I can go into work and be there for them, but I cannot provide the care I want to provide and be okay with it. I'm going home being upset because I cannot provide for that person or those, my patients what they need to be done. Okay. Um, like, thanks for hard. your call. And uh, we hear you. Thank you very much for your call, Margaret. Thank B- you. Bye-bye. Okay. Roger in Caledon. Hi, Roger. Uh, hi. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks. Just a couple quick comments. Um, first of all, uh, yeah, that you know, nurses making a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, is that really even enough? We're talking about people who save our lives, right? So I don't know how someone can say even a hundred thousand is, and a hundred thousand today isn't what a hundred thousand. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, people, and and it's the benchmark for those sunshine lists, and people. Uh, are saying, wow, $100,000 a year. Well, it's not what it used to be. And if you have two people making something over $100,000 for a family, they're, they're middle class and they are very far from being well off. They're, you know, making it okay. Exactly. But 100000 is not what it used to be, especially if you live in Toronto. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing was, um, IBM has a, a, a program for retirees. They call it ROC, Retirees on Call. Do doctors and nurses have anything like that, or should they maybe implement something like that? Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything formal. I know that a lot of retired uh, nurses were called back, retired doctors were called back, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, so that definitely should be something. I mean, we did hear from a retired nurse who said that she retired at 67 and then got bored. And right. I bet that happens to a lot of people. And maybe they want to come back, uh, maybe not quite as intensely as they were before. But we should be doing all of those things. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was a really good program, Retirees on Call. And then that way you're prepared for, you know, um, unexpected events. You can you have people to call, right? Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Let us see where we're at. Oh, and I have a call on those cyclists. So <laughs> let me take that call on the cyclists. Tom and Ajax. Hi there. Good afternoon. Yeah, cyclists. I mean, they fought for many, many years and stuck to it. Good for them to be declared legally vehicles on the road in the province of Ontario. But they seem to have forgotten with that comes responsibilities, and therefore you have to follow the rules of the road. So if any car, truck, or motorcycle going through High Park over 20 kilometers an hour gets caught, they're going to get a ticket. So will you. And it's about time they, you know, they, they can't be above the law riding on sidewalk, blowing through stop signs and traffic signals, you know, you've, you've got what you wanted, but there's also responsibility. And then Mayor John Tory comes on the radio because they dragged him into it, and he starts putting on his liberal hat, and pandering to a specific uh, group of people, and he's talking about changing the way the park operates to uh, with cars and trucks and pedestrians to accommodate the cyclists. I don't understand why he just wouldn't come out and say, hey, guys, you're welcome to ride through there, but you've got to do the speed limit. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at a piece by Ben Spur in the Toronto Star, and uh, he's talking about um, uh, the new acronym. We heard about it here yesterday. Middle-aged men in Lycra would be funny if it wasn't for the reality of the danger for everyone whom these guys deem to have no rights. And again, uh, you know, we have cycling lawyers saying that the cops are over-enforcing and that it's really nothing. But, but you know what? 
those guys who often ride in a phalanx and you have pedestrians, some of whom may may not be in the best of shape, it's dangerous. It is. I have physically seen, you know, grandmothers with a stroller uh, walking their granddaughter and cyclists blowing down the sidewalk, ringing their bells and yelling at them to get out of the way, scaring the kids, you know, know, and one guy, a lawn maintenance guy, actually intervened a couple of weeks ago because this guy was yelling at this costly 80-year-old woman as this guy came running up with a lawn and a weed whacker and just started yelling at the guy and he took off in a hurry. Oh, well, that's not good either. Uh, We don't want violence, but but yeah. Yeah, so just, you know, cyclists, you know, please just start obeying the laws. You're not someone special. The bicycles you ride... All the equipment you you wear are all manufactured in factories that have carbon footprints. So, exactly, you're not not above everybody else. So, have a great weekend, everybody. Okay, thank you for that. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, Uh, I am going to take a very quick call from Marianne in Brantford. Hi, Marianne. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. We only I, have a very little bit of time left, so please. Just a quick comment, yeah. yes, regarding the privatization of health care. I would hate to see that happen here. I hope we can continue to retain and improve our public health care. Uh, for years, I had relatives and friends in various nursing homes, and the difference between them was just so remarkable. The publicly owned ones were not necessarily very fancy, but they provided excellent care and they stuck by all the regulations, inspections, and so on. The private ones were just the opposite. And I think that came to light during the pandemic, I believe, the first year especially, uh, with all the horrible things that happened, but especially in privately owned nursing homes. Okay, I've got I've to leave it there. Marianne, thank you for that, because we are out of time, and that is it for Fight Back for today and for this week, and I'll be back here on Monday, and we will talk then. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.